It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 807 at 95.5 WSB. This is the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm here with Ashley Frasco. I'm Walter Reeves of Georgia Gardener, and I am here with Ashley Frasco, the new host of the Whatever It's Going to Be next Saturday morning. We're all waiting to see what it's going to be. Not until another hour. We've right. got another hour of the Lawn and Garden okay, Show. we'll do the Lawn and Garden Show. Yeah. We're going to story time this morning around 840, where I'll tell stories, and then we'll uh, sort of end up the show this, <clears throat> this morning. And then next Saturday, when you... Listen to the show at 6 a.m. It'll be Ashley Frasca. But what's going to be cool is you'll still hear Walter, because yeah. Walter and I are going to do a segment together every single week called Walter Wonders. <laughs> Just things that he's observed or, you know, is hearing about from all of you via email or Facebook post or whatever, sure. and we'll kind of delve a little deeper in our conversation. I'm not going. I'm not retiring. No. I'm not coming into the radio station every Saturday. Sleep in on Saturdays. Ashley. It's a win-win. Let Ashley do that. Yeah, let Ashley do that. Uh, Mike in Kenton, Georgia, joined us. Hey, Michael. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, hey. Mike. What's hey, I've up? Got a, I've got a really healthy fig tree doing great, but I want to prune it back a little bit. And I read your website about pruning verticals and leaving horizontals. Yeah. Can you give me a little more color around? Uh, they, they seem to grow out on a branch and then have a node or a cluster of branches. Right. Do I prune back to that point or a uh, little more color about how to cut them back? There's two kinds of cuts you make pruning anything, Mike. When you're pruning a, a holly bush or a fig bush or anything you're pruning, there's always two kinds of cuts. One cut is where you shorten a branch, and when you shorten a branch, usually there's a lot of little sprouts that come up from that point, and that gives you more foliage and sometimes more fruit. And when the, the other cut would be a thinning cut, where you take a whole branch out all the way down to where it originated from, and there won't be any regrowth there. So it sort of depends on how you want to shape your fig tree, whether you want dense growth in one direction, there you shorten branches. If you want to make it smaller so it doesn't get out on the lawn or doesn't get in the driveway, then you do thinning cuts where you take a whole limb out at a time or shorten a limb back to another larger limb that uh, won't make you sprouts. So it's sometimes more an art than it is a science, Mike. You go out and you just look at it. Sometimes I go out with ribbons and string and tie it around limbs and think to myself, okay, if I cut here, how's it going to grow? What's the prediction going to be for the direction of the new buds? And you will learn over a couple of years how it responds. Figs respond like crazy. They're great trees to learn how to prune with. Okay, so originally my intent when I called in was just to really cut it back sizewise. It's probably 15 feet or so in diameter. Yeah. Is there a way to prune it back to your point to make it more productive also? Again, half half of your pruning needs to be cut so you shorten the limb and let new sprouts come out. That'll be more, make it more productive because it'll have more leaves. I mean, leaves okay. make fruit, right? And then, again, sizing is when you cut whole limbs out back to the origin. All right, very good. All right. Thank you, and congratulations, Walter. I've been listening to you for years. All right, Michael. Drive safely. I know you have because you're a safely driver until today. Thanks for calling, Mike. We've got Heather in Gainesville, Georgia. Hey, Heather, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi. I'm actually, I'm actually not a first-time caller. I think I called back in 1997 uh, to get some advice on a on a ficus tree, <laughs> which I promptly killed. Well, Heather, I'm um, glad you came back. I was missing you terribly and wondered if you'd ever call us again. Well, here I am. 
I have a question. I moved from a very uh, wooded area to a neighborhood, to a brand new neighborhood that has zero trees. And I wanted to plant some crepe myrtles in the backyard, maybe two or three. I don't know how to plant a crepe myrtle. I don't know when to plant a crepe myrtle. So when do I do that? The when is easier than the how because the when is what, actually, anytime. Now, now, yeah. Now's great. Yeah, anytime. And, oh, okay. you know, the longer you wait as it warms up and gets into spring, early summer, that's just more work for you to make sure the water, you know, it stays watered properly because the heat stress. But now's a great time. And it's it's just as simple as if you were planting any other tree, too. You dig wider than you do deep. Make sure the root system has, you know, room to go widthwise across, you know, underneath the soil. But don't worry about too deep of a hole as much as you want wide. And they'll be so happy. I mean, they're really hard to mess up, you know, initially. Okay. One of the biggest choices you're going to have, Heather, is what crepe myrtle to buy. Because you really need to be cognizant of what's on the tag to make sure you know how tall it's going to get. Because you don't want to plant... A crepe myrtle is going to be 20 feet tall when you need one about five or eight feet tall in your landscape. So read and re- research before you okay. plant. Okay. <clears throat> I had a second question, too, about an amaryllis. Oh, uh, Ashley heard, is an expert amaryllis grower. Uh, okay. I've heard them every week in January because I guess we all got them for Christmas. My neighbor <laughs> gave me one in a box. <laughs> and to my surprise, I haven't killed it. Okay. <laughs> it is 17 inches tall, wow. and it has a second shoot coming out of the bulb. It hasn't bloomed yet, but and I turn it every day. Mm-hmm. It's in a very happy, sunny spot, um, but it still seems like it's leaning. Do I need to put some sort of stake next to it to keep it from just falling over? I or? do, yeah. I, I just have the simple garden stakes with, you know, the whole little spiral at the top and just stick that right beside the bulb in the pot, and, and it works perfectly. Okay. The stake works perfectly, so... Enjoy the bloom. If it's if it's blooming a little late post-Christmas, that's great. That's fine. Keep it in the pot until it really warms up outside, say April or so. And then all the amaryllis that all of us got for the holidays, we can put outside in the soil in April. They may bloom again. You know, we're going to enjoy them a second time because they're forced to bloom in the wintertime, you know, as, as Christmas gifts. So, And then once it starts to get cold, we'll take them back out of the soil outside and kind of go through the whole process again indoors with them. Oh, so we bring it back in after, like in the winter next year? Most of year? them don't like being outdoors in Georgia winters. When it's soggy okay. during the wintertime, they don't like being soggy at all. So it's better, I think, to dig them up and bring them indoors. Oh, you just dig it up? Okay. Yep. And up. should I just water it from the bottom? I, I read that you keep the soil moist, and I'm just spraying the soil every day. I, I water I? mine once every five to seven days, and it seems happy. And mine's like yours in a really sunny window as well, so I think that's sufficient. Yeah. And you you water from the bottom? Yep, yep. I water at the at the okay. top of the bulb and around the soil, around the bulb, and it does just fine. But don't overwater it. Yeah, use your finger, Heather. Put it in the soil. If it's dry, water. If it's not dry, then leave it alone for another couple of days. Mm-hmm. We have a red alert. Let, let's let Mike Shields tell us what he has on the roads right now. This is a traffic red alert from 95.5 WSB. 814 in the Coolray Carrier WSB 24-hour traffic center and unfortunately no change in Sandy Springs. The crash investigation has all lanes shut down. This is Georgia 400 northbound at Abernathy Road. Exit number 5. All traffic is being diverted off onto Abernathy Road. If you're making your way through Sandy Springs, use Highway 9, Roswell Road, or Peachtree Dunwoody Road as alternates. I'm Mike Schultz, 95.5 WSB. So, and Heather, for more on that, too, um, 
definitely refer to Walter's website if you kind of forget what we talked about, you know, going forward in the spring and in the winter. Uh, go to Walter's website, WalterReeves.com. Just type Amaryllis in the search bar, and he gives you that year-long care for them. And, and this is the first year I'm going to try it, too. I've collected three Amaryllis from you, Walter, yeah, for yeah, Christmas has past, and I'm bound and determined to put them all out this year. So April's going to be when I do it. All right. All right. Before we get to Brian and Stone Mountain, I want to tell everybody that we have two birthdays to celebrate today. Mike Shields. Yeah, his was 30. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. And Pete Pike turns 90 today. Wow. Our good friend Pete Pike, the father, the person who originated Pike Nursery in Atlanta. Pete Pike, 90 years old. What an amazing man. And we do appreciate all the work that he's done for us. And, and there's Pete calling you right now saying thank you. Thank you. Hey, Pete, how you doing? Good to talk to you. So, so let's remember uh, Pete Pike and all that he's done in these nurseries around Atlanta. And Brian and Stone Mountain, you can now join us on Morning Garden. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Walter. Hey, Brian. I uh, want to wish a uh, happy birthday to Mr. Pike himself. Oh, I've uh, spent a lot of money at Pike Nurseries over the last 32 years. He's having a better birthday uh, celebration because of you. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, Actually, just wanted to thank you for uh, all the great advice. Uh, we first met back in the late 80s when you were yeah. a lowly extension agent working with Newt Hogg and Gary Pfeiffer. Of course. Yeah. And, <laughs> and thank you for encouraging me to do soil testing. Uh, I started my company, Lawn Escape, back in 88. And uh, uh, every time a customer of mine disagrees with me, I say, well, Walter Reeves says yeah, you need yeah. to do it this way. Walter and you says. give me so much street cred. Yeah, usually the, the customer says, Brian, Mr. Reeves <laughs> said you should do it this way. And you say, oh, I didn't know Mr. Reeves. I don't usually get that much, yeah, but I do send them to your website if I don't have the answer. Use the search line. My website's got thousands of articles there. Good Lord help us. And I'm going to have a new one too, Brian, in the next uh, month or so. I think the new design will come up. And it'll be even easier to search from, and you'll get more sort of visual stuff right on the front end. And so tell people if you go to WalterReeves.com, there'll be a lot of new stuff to, to hear, see, and, and do when you get there. It's 817 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Lawn and Garden with Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter and Ashley. Yeah, Dave Baker guy, Home Fix-It show. He's already here. He gets yeah. here so early. So for his 9 o'clock show, that's coming up 9 to noon, of course. Don't want to miss that on 95.5 WSB. Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, it's going to dry out. A mix of sun and clouds, a high around 48. Lows in the low 30s tonight. Tomorrow, partly to mostly cloudy. A few evening showers, maybe a 40% chance of those showers. High of 53 and a low 42. So stay tuned. Kirk Mellish has your complete forecast coming up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Coming up at 8.35, we'll have Mickey Gasaway, who will give us the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Let's save you some money at Pike Nursery. It's a fun one. And then at 8.40, the Story Time, Walter's Story Time. Stay tuned for both of those events this morning. Sherry has stayed tuned for 30 minutes, and now she's on the air. Hey, Sherry, good morning. Good morning, and Walter, thank you very much. I've listened to you for over 20 years, and I can say that because I moved into my new house 20 years ago. I had lots and lots of questions for you back in that time. <laughs> and we're looking forward to Ashley's yes, new show. Be Excited great. for her. Thank you. It's going to be oh, great. So my situation is we live on an eight-acre lake. We thought we got rid of the beaver probably 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. But he's back. And he took down two... 25-year-old Japanese maple. Oh, no. 
So I have the trunks. Wow. We're just, I mean, just we're going to leave them there and see what happens. Uh, I mean, do you think they'll come back? I'm sure or? they will. Japanese maple is pretty good about re-sprouting, so you may, if you leave it alone, have a sprout or two come out as okay. the warm weather arrives. Yeah. Yeah, he took down another a crepe myrtle and was mm. starting to work on about a six-inch in diameter um, lace bark elm. We did gate or cage everything around Good. the uh, trees on that lower level. What did you use and how high? How old did you use to cage them, Sherry, and how high did you put the stuff? Um, my husband did that, and, I mean, they look like they're probably waist high, so okay. I'm five foot four, so, I mean, a good three feet. What did you use to put around? Um, I think he used chicken wire, okay. real real small holes. And, I mean, he had uh, already started scraping on the lace bark elm because wow. you, could, you could tell that something had been up uh, rubbing on it and scraping bark off of it. My view about lakes and streams and things like that in landscapes, particularly lakes, is you can never say we got rid of the beavers. The beaver are <laughs> right. always on the march. They're coming from other places because they, their families disperse every year. And so it might have been you know, empty for, of beavers for two or three or four years, but soon one of those beavers is going to find your house and your lake. Yep. Yep, and we're it's spring fed, so we we don't know where you know it was coming yeah. from. The first tree he took down was about a uh, fifteen foot tall weeping willow that was down on the lake. That's the first time we discovered we had a beaver, and we talked to D and R and said, you know, what do we do? And they said, trap it. Yeah. And then you have to dispose of it. So, that, I mean, I don't think a homeowner really needs to go to the trouble of trapping. You need to hire a professional. There are a number of, you know, wildlife control companies in Atlanta that will take beaver calls, but they will yeah. uh, do their job. And sometimes the beaver will be euthanized, and sometimes it will be moved. But you still need to always be aware that if you have a water body near your house, you're going to have beaver occasionally. And so, I think everybody near a lake needs to. Make every tree, wrap it with chicken wire, at least three, maybe four feet up on the trunk so the beaver can't get started. Because you didn't know you were going to lose that crate myrtle. You didn't know you were going to lose the other tree, but there it was one day laying down and nothing but a trunk left. Oh, we saw the, the brush where, I mean, the where he drug it out. Mm. Um, he took Sorry, down one man. Japanese maple in the crate myrtle first, yeah. and then before we could get the chicken wire up and everything, he got the second Japanese maple. A sorry, sorry animal when they cut you Industrious, though, aren't they? <laughs> no, yes, I have to admire them for that. Yeah. But, gosh, darn beaver are hard to figure out what to do permanently to do anything about them. It's 827 at 95.5 WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. 8.36 on 95.5 WSB, coming upon the last half hour of the show with Walter. Your calls have been great. We've just been plodding right along, answering garden calls, as Walter always has. <laughs> plodding right along. Plodding, plodding right along. Yeah. 404-872-0750. So kind of a special treat and something I thought about last night in preparation for the show today. Mickey Gasway usually calls in from her West Cobb Pike Nursery to share with us the Pikes Pick at this exact time 
every Saturday, and you are live in studio with, I mean, usually you're with me when I'm guest yeah. hosting, but you and Walter in studio with at the same other. time. I know, is he's time. usually not here when I'm here, so it's neat saying This him. is cool. And Stan, Stan yeah. is standing by as well. So. Actually, Stan's chauffeur. asleep. <laughs> chauffeur, this nice chauffeur uniform. <laughs> so Mickey is here in person to share with us a special Pike pick for the weekend. So listeners who may not be familiar, they get a discount, something that's on sale or maybe a special prize for the weekend. What you got for us today? And today it's succulents. So much fun. Oh, they are. And so easy. We were talking about earlier um, most of the succulents that we've got more right now that are indoor plants. They're tropicals, but they all kind of behave alike. We've got some that are outside. Also, we've got some new ones that came in that are outside that are good to like 20 or 30 degree below zero. So they're very very, very hardy, the ones outside. The inside was the main thing with all the succulents. What they have in common is that they um, they don't need to be watered very often. They hold the water. They, the, their, their body parts, their leaves, and their stems have are, are swollen, so they actually hold the water, which is a good thing. So if you don't have of, to water very often. If you're one of the ones that just only cacti come to yes. mind when you hear succulent, succulents, you're in for a surprise. Oh, I mean, you go yeah. to Pike Nursery, I mean, there's so much more, but that's basically what people think of. So they know cactus doesn't take a lot of water, very low right. maintenance. Yep, yep. So along those lines. And you know what's a good idea too, Mickey, and I should have told you this off the air, but you may have brides-to-be come buy out your stock in Pike Nursery yes, once sir. I say this. Such good little wedding gifts. Yeah. like. The little glass terrariums or little, you know, containers with pebbles and stuff. I have seen so many brides over the years give little succulents yeah. out as wedding. Like, and I always wondered, gifts. is there something behind that or just that they're so cute? I don't know. I don't know if there is a, a story or a meaning behind yeah. it, but boy, what a good idea. And this oh, yeah. weekend would be a great time if your wedding is coming up in February, March, maybe, to go ahead and grab some 20% off at All right. Pike Nursery. And be sure and look at, there's one called Jade Plant. And anytime I do a houseplant talk, I always say, who's got the oldest houseplant? And it's always either a jade plant or a Christmas cactus. We don't have any Christmas cactus now, but we do have jade plants in there. They're How really, old? Oh, well, I have one that belonged to my mother's twin sister's mother-in-law. Whoa. So, and that is, and I'm old, and so that was really old. <laughs> wow. But, um, and how and, many times and, have you repotted oh, it? Well, I, I break it off. This is pieces okay. of it. I gave them to my daughters-in-law. I've given them to everybody. That I, is so they're cool. Fun. They're just almost bulletproof. Great and, plants. Nice. And speaking of your daughters-in-law, off the air, we were just talking about mother-in-law's tongue, a house <laughs> plant. That's funny, the snake plant. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. So, I mean, things to share with family, right? Yeah. So, anything special we need to do for the Pikes Pick when we go into Pike Nursery this uh, weekend? The main thing is just make sure it drains good. There's a succulent soil that you can use. Uh, you can you can actually add some um, perlite or something like that to your soil, but just make sure it drains good. You were talking about the soils being porous outside. It's just so important that it doesn't stand in water. That's the most important thing. And most of them need good light, although there are a few that mother-in-law's tongue is actually a succulent, but it's uh, uh, indoor. I mean, a, a jungle succulent. That's so cool. So, so many to choose from. And if you don't know where a Pike location is near you, how do you find out? Um, I want to ask Walter. Yes. If he, think. after all these years, yes. I, I want to see if I taught you. You've taught me so many things. Yeah. And I want to see if I taught you something. Yeah. Can you remember where to get uh, information about Pikes? Come on, you Google? can do it. No, <laughs> no, 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 don't Google it. Is it pikenursery.com? Yeah, Walter! 
Okay, congratulations. Walter, thank you so much. I've had so much fun over the years, and I know you're going to be great, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in um here and hearing you. And all the time, sure. Absolutely. So looking forward to it. Be part of the show. Better be so all the time. Yeah, enjoy yourself. So it's story time, story time, okay. story time. <laughs> and the title of this story is From the Outhouse to the Brick House. Because, or the subtitle of the story is, how did that scrawny little kid from Fayette County ever come to be 26 years later hosting and retiring from a radio show on WSB? How in the world did he ever do that? It's not likely for most little kids who grew up like I did. But I wanted to tell the story because some people have heard it, some people haven't, and all of our listeners out there may want to know, well, what did he do to get to be on WSB? And it starts, as most stories do, with my parents. My mother had been in the Army, been in the WAX when, during World War II. My father had been in the Army. And they both lived in Fayette County. My mother had moved there. She was a very well-to-do person in Union City. And so she had moved to Fayette County to be a teacher, to raise vegetables, and to fertilize the vegetables with, fertilize, with manure from her chickens. Because she believed that if you ate trace mineralized vegetables, it would make you healthy. And so that was great. And my father, he lived in South Fayette County. He lived in a little ramshackle house with his mother, didn't have any indoor plumbing. He was just a poor old boy, but he was very smart. And when they went to a housewarming party for my mother, someone introduced the two of them. And they looked at each other and they said, what do you know? Well, I got chickens. Well, I have chickens too. Do you have a garden? Well, I have a garden too. Do you have a house? Well, I had both of them had houses. They're pretty nice houses. Do you have a tractor? My mother said, well, I have an Alice Chalmers Model G tractor. My dad said, I'm still plowed with a mule. And so they discovered uh, mutual interest, shall we say. My dad really wanted that tractor. It's what he wanted. And she really needed help with her chickens, what she wanted. And so the two of them started dating. And within a year, they decided it might be time to set up housekeeping together. They got married. And then they decided, well, we need some farm help here. And so my mother and he moved to the farm on Fayette County with my grandmother. Again, ramshackle house. Again, no indoor plumbing. We had to use an outhouse until I was 10 years old, an outhouse. And you would not think that that would be the kind of background for a radio show host. Nonetheless, it was. Because my father said, well, we've got one little farmhand here. Actually, they had me, and then he said, let's try again. So they had another little farmhand with my brother, Robert. He was born. And another farmhand, my brother, Alan. This is great. My mother said, I need some help. And so they had a sister, my sister, Carol. They didn't plan this, of course. But they had my sister, Carol, then my sister, Nancy, and all the little Reeves kids lived in the house and finally, finally got the tub and the indoor toilet and everything else. We were sitting pretty. And around that same time, I was in science class. This mentor was teaching my science class. This nice man came in. I remember him being very nice because he said, boys, we're going to have a club that you can get out of this science class. And I was all for that because Miss Mentor was mean. She was a good teacher, but she was, she was strict. And so he said, here's the club. It's called a 4-H club. And you can get out of class once a month. You have to learn things. You have to do little talks about what you know about but, boys, the good thing is, in the summertime, you can go to Rock Eagle, 4-H camp. And I thought, oh, oh, Rock Eagle. Do they have a swimming pool there? He said, yes, they do. And I said, that's great, because I was swimming in ponds with cows when I was a kid. And I thought, I don't want to do that much more. So he said, the only thing you have to do is learn how to give a little talk in front of other people, and we'll let you go to Rock Eagle for a couple of days in the summertime. 
That was great. I went to Rock Eagle every summer giving my little talk on my chickens and how to make good eggs and how to feed chickens and how to de-beak them and all that kind of stuff. I took classes when I was in high school. took classes on how to be a, a leader and a public speaker, and I had all sorts of 4-H activities that I went to, again, living on a farm in Fayette County. And finally, when I got out of high school, I applied to be a counselor at Rock Eagle 4-H Club Camp because, again, I got the swimming pool and the cabins to live in and lots of food and uh, indoor. Yeah, you know what? I like that a lot. So I was in the uh, counselor program there at Rock Eagle and then going to college, of course, in the summer, too. Or I should say in the, in the fall and the rest of the year instead of the summer. And by the last quarter of my college career, I thought, you know, I need to get a job. I really should look into getting a job. I can't do this Rock Eagle thing anymore. And I went to the, I majored in chemistry of all things. And so I went to the chemist laboratories and companies around Athens and applied and applied and applied. And anybody that would give me an interview mostly said, Mr. Reeves, your grades are not all that good. We don't think we have an opening for you here. And after I'd had that about three or four times, I thought, well, Who's going to hire me then? i got to have a job. I'm going to be out of college. And so I went to the extension service because I knew they had a poultry laboratory. And I thought, now, I know chickens, and I know they have a job opening for a lab tech who will go in and collect chicken manure and test it for how much nutrition is in it. And I thought, I know chicken manure. I'm good at that. I can do it. And I went to the lab uh, supervisor. I said, here I am, and I'm ready to go to where are the chickens. And he looked at my grades and said, Mr. Reeves, you're not quite smart enough to be a lab tech at the University of Georgia with the chickens even, which was quite disappointing to me. But somebody else poked their nose in the, in the office and said, hey, Reeves, you've been in 4-H, right? I said, yeah, all those years. He said, we need somebody to go and be the 4-H leader in Clayton County. Do you want to do that? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I do. Do I get to go to Rock Eagle? Yeah, you get to go to Rock Eagle too. I said, Awesome. And so I signed up and got to go to Clayton County, and I led 4-H clubs down there, organized and worked with teachers and had a good time in Clayton County for four, four and a half years. And then I moved to DeKalb County, had a great time in DeKalb County, same thing, going to schools, working with teachers, doing 4-H club work. But while I was in DeKalb County, I had a number of colleagues who were trained botanists and horticulturists and smart people with plants. And they were answering the phones every day. People would call, just like here on the radio show, they'd say, how do I fertilize my fescue, and how do I prune my hydrangeas, and how do I do this, that, and the other. And sometimes they would not know the answer because they were trained botanists and horticulturists and people who had not really gardened ever in their life. And so they'd hand the phone to me and say, Walter, tell this lady how you sucker tomatoes. I don't know what that is, but you tell her how to do it. Walter, tell this man how to fertilize his corn. Walter, can you transplant beans or not? And so I would take the phones, and I would do gardening questions for a couple of hours every day while I was doing 4-H club work. <sighs> well, one day one of my colleagues went to a dinner one night and sat down next to a fellow. He said, boy, you got to know what we're doing. I'm a radio program manager, and at our radio station, we got the best idea. We're going to have something called talk radio. We got this young guy, Clark Howard. He talks about travel and saving money. We got this weirdo named Neil Bortz who just makes fun of everybody and makes the governor and everybody else mad at him. We got him over here on WGST. We got a guy talking about real estate. We need somebody that knows about gardening. Do you know anybody like that, Marjorie? And she came home the next day and said, Walter, you need to call him up. So I went to WGST and said, I'm here. And they said, okay, go to, go to town. 
So for four years at WGST, I did the garden show over there and listened to Kathy Henderson, who's doing her garden show here on WSB. And Kathy left because she had other projects she had her eye on doing. And I came to WSB and started. And I thought, oh, I'll do this for a couple of years. I mean, gosh darn, you got to come in at 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Are you crazy? I'm young. And I started, and I did it, and I did it some more, and then I met Mickey, and then I met some other people here, and I got to enjoying it, and at 6 a.m. was not so bad. My girlfriends and wives didn't particularly care for it, but, um, you know, I managed somehow. And finally, somebody looked at the calendar and said, Walter, been here 26 years. Can you believe it? I said, no, but I'm about ready to turn this over to somebody who's better than me. And lo and behold, we had Ashley Frasca here on staff screening calls for the, for the garden show, who has great ideas, young, vivacious, enthusiastic, and she will be the host of the Lawn and Garden Show next Saturday morning. There she is, sitting across the studio from me right now. Ooh. Girl, you're going to be good. You're going to be real good. Let's take a break right now. I'll tell you why you're going to be good. It's 849. We'll be back after this. It's Scott Slade. Did you know that you can listen to Lawn and Garden with Walter and Ashley on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB. Happy trails. Cool. That's Jason. You're so bad. I don't even want to read the weather over that. That's great. Oh, Jason's smiling so big. That is great. All right, well, we'll we'll get the weather out of the way real quick. Finley Roofing sponsors it today, a high of 48, low of 33, no rain. Tomorrow, a high of 53, a low of 42. It's going to be partly to mostly cloudy. There you go. That was good weather. Thank you. Great weather. Quick weather. I want you to have more time. Oh, well, I don't want to have more time. I want you to have more time because, as we say, you will be in the seat next Saturday morning. So I know we do not want to reveal yet what the title is going to be of the show, what it's going to, it's actually going to contain. But I'll reassure everyone that I did not tell her what to do. I said, Ashley, this is your show. And she has worked for months now putting together the segments of the show to make sure it was entertaining, to make sure it would be moving a little faster than some old guy talking about gardening and, you know, the, I'll be still part of it. I'll do segments, too. And so I think it'll be a lots and lots of fun and a new voice, a new way of talking to people about the joys of gardening. And I think that's what Ashley's going to do. And learning, because we don't want it to be intimidating. And, I mean, people my age, even people older, find it intimidating. You don't want to kill something. You know, maybe you don't have the money to spend. So... We're going to quell your fears. It's going to stay educational, informational, and a lot of fun. And a lot of fun. That's the good part. The Lawn and Garden Show is always specialized in. It's fun on a Saturday morning. It's been fun for me, my friends. It's 8.57. I think to my thanks go to Jason Byer for getting our music this morning. What a good job Jason did. Justin Obi screened our calls and what a good job he did. Ashley Fassel co-hosted the show with me this morning. What a good job she did. I'll see if Mickey Gasway even was here. She brought in the Pike Pick of the Morning. She did a good job as well. My friends, I will see you around next Saturday. Ashley Frasca will be in charge.